Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Don't procrastinate. What I've heard from educators and activists is that they are concerned about what's going to happen when the protesting stops, when the rioting in the streets stops, and our communities open up more and more after the quarantine, when those in power feel safe again and things go back to what they saw as normal. These educators and activists wonder if white people will continue to have these conversations, continue to care, continue to take action. So that's why I started with saying, don't procrastinate. In this episode, I'm going to talk about procrastination, what it is, how it works, and what you can do about it. Procrastination is a form of fear. Most people see procrastination more as a um, symptom of being lazy. I believe it is more accurate and more helpful to view procrastination as a form of fear. Or to say, procrastination is the result of fear. And we know that fear feeds off of uncertainty. It survives and thrives when we are uncertain of the fear itself. By taking a look at and better understanding this flavor of fear known as procrastination, you will immediately take away some of its power. And once you understand how procrastination works, you will be able to see what type of fear is fueling it, and you'll be able to address it, and not allow it to make choices for you. The main choice that procrastination encourages, that it makes, is inaction. This is important to point out. Inaction is a choice, just as taking action is a choice. Now, here are four of the types of fears, in my belief, that are fueling procrastination right now. I know there are many, many types, but I will be addressing the four that really stick out to me. The first type of fear is the fear of failure. Secondly, the fear of not knowing where to start. Thirdly, the fear of feeling uncomfortable. And finally, the fear of being too far behind to start now. So let's look at that first fear, the fear of failure. That can sound like, look like, you know, saying, well, I don't have anything to offer. I won't be good at, at anything I try, making a difference. You know, I'm, I'm not enough. What, what do I have to offer to these causes, to this movement? The second fear, the fear of not knowing where to start. That's usually some rendition of, you know, I want to do something, but I just don't know what to do. To address these first two fears, the fear of failure and the fear of not knowing where to start, I want to share something with you that I share with students all the time. 
because it applies to this conversation of taking action. I tell students procrastination loves loose and lofty language. So first, lofty language. What do I mean by that? You may be saying something like, you need to change the world. Make a huge difference to put a stop to racism once and for all. Let's look at that word lofty. Lofty is an adjective, definition of imposing height, rising to a great height, impressively high. The problem that can rise by using lofty language is that you might not think you are enough to achieve these lofty goals. Lofty language invites procrastination. Because you may think, you may feel that you are not ready. You know, I, I don't have the energy right now to do great things or to take profound action to make significant and lasting change. The thing is, if the goal is too grand, too lofty, you might not ever start. If you are focused on how far away or how high the goal is, you might not ever take the first step. I believe many of us are, are staring at the summit of this mountain and so focused on how far away it is and how high the summit is. And this focus leaves us feeling incapable and invites paralysis. Okay, on to loose language. Procrastination loves when we talk about doing something using loose language. Loose language means that the words that we use, the language that we use, is not specific. For example, someone might say, after seeing the murder of George Floyd, of seeing all these protests, they may say, you know, I'm starting to realize that I need to try to make a difference. Oh my, my oh my. Let's look at that phrase. Because the fear that fuels procrastination is going to love that phrasing. Why? Because it is so unspecific, indefinite, vague. To dissect it a bit more, the, the beginning when someone would say, you know, I'm starting to realize. Well, what does that mean? Let's look at it. So, we have not yet realized something, and it will take more time to come to an actual realization. And, and that amount of time, who knows? Procrastination loves that. Starting to realize communicates that a decision has not yet been made. And it is decisions that we need to be making. What's next in that phrase? Okay, um, I need to try. Procrastination loves the word try. Loves, loves, loves the word. Because it is passive language that allows us to avoid accountability or responsibility. Procrastination loves it when we say try and hope and wish and imagine. Another example of this can be seen when, when, when someone says, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping 
that I can find the time to do something. Whoa, whoa. Okay, let's look at that. And to start, just on a side note, watch how people use the word find. You know, in in examples, uh, things like, I'm trying to find myself, find the time, find peace, find abundance, find balance, and so on. It is my opinion that you do not find any of these things. These things are not like, like your keys. You find your keys. It's not like, oh, wow, crazy. It, it turned out that the time I was trying to find, it, it, was, actually, it was actually behind the, the, the pillow on the couch. Glad I found it. You do not find these things. You create them. You create time, you create yourself, you create balance, and and so on. So it's important to think about, we must create the time to start the conversation, continue the conversation. We must create the time to take action. And back to that initial example of language that procrastination loves. Remember the phrase, I'm starting to realize that I need to try to make a difference. The fear that fuels procrastination loves those last three words. Make a difference. Now, sounds nice, but what does that mean? It is loose language. Make a difference is loose language. That could mean a million different things. And procrastination knows that if you keep saying that and not getting into the specific actions that you will take, well, well then you, you might just continue to procrastinate, to talk about and, and think about how to make a difference. And more thinking and more talking and still no action. That is procrastination's playbook. So what can we do to overcome the tricks that fear plays on us? First off, we must specify and schedule. Specify the action that you will take and then schedule when you will take that action. Make a difference is not specific. Donating to a specific cause is. Volunteering an hour each week at a specific organization is specific. Becoming a big brother or big sister to a youth of color in your community is specific. I'll stop there with with the specifics, because there are plenty of lists online that give plenty of specific things, actions that you can do. The thing is to pick one. So within the show notes of this episode, I will be including links to lists of action that people can take. So please pick one of the links and pick one of the actions to take. Picking one brings up something known as a paradox of choice, which which can result in paralysis by analysis. Paradox of choice, one of the things it points out is with the more options or choices you have, you are less likely to make a choice. And if you focus too much on making the right choice, you might not ever pick one. So please, pick one. And once you've picked one, 
then you must schedule when you will be taking this action. Procrastination loves the word later. It loves when we talk about later. Speaking of love, I love the quote by Robert Anthony. It goes, waiting is a trap. There will always be reasons to wait. The truth is, there are only two things in life, reasons and results. And reasons simply don't count. I think that really applies to this topic and emphasizes the importance of picking an action because the action is what creates the results. We love to push the, 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 the change, the selection, the conversation, whatever it is, into the future, you know, into tomorrow. Tomorrow me will start that process. Another quote that always uh, sticks with me about tomorrow, I love it. Uh, tomorrow, a mystical land where 99% of all human productivity, motivation, and achievement is stored. We cannot have a now or later relationship with action at this time. It must be, if not now, when. And we must schedule the when. The later often never arrives when fear is by its side. Okay, the third type of fear that I mentioned. The fear of feeling uncomfortable. This looks like I'm not comfortable having these conversations about race and racism. And I'm definitely not comfortable with taking action. And I think the main thing that this fear is capitalizing on This discomfort is because the effort or task of doing something about racism, discrimination, racial injustice is not familiar to you. In addressing this fear, I wanted to to share this great, truly great realization that I had this past week. I was thinking about just how much time and energy I put in on, on these specific episodes that will and have addressed race, racism, social inequalities. And I was just thinking about how difficult it's been, how much time it has taken to think about or, or prepped for or recorded these, these podcast episodes. And I realize that the reason that these particular episodes have and will continue to take so long to think about, to prepare, to deliver, And also why the process has been so difficult, so uncomfortable, is because of how little I've thought about, wrote about, talked about, and discussed race, racism, and discrimination. I realize that the majority of the difficulty is due to the lack of reps I have on the topics. The discomfort is a result of me being unfamiliar. Unfamiliarity equals uncertainty, uncertainty equals fear, and fear loves to use procrastination to keep you unfamiliar. So maybe, just maybe, you as a parent, you've been noticing how much time you've put into thinking about and preparing for these conversations with your kids. Maybe you've had the same realization or a similar one as I did, that this could be because, or at least in part, Because 
you haven't spent much time thinking about and talking about race, racism, and discrimination with your kids. And maybe the discomfort in taking action is due to a lack of action in the past. Not saying that everybody's like me. You may be on this, having these conversations, been taking action for years. But if you are like me, I hope you have the realization that the only way through the discomfort is action. The only way it becomes comfortable is through practice and action. Avoidance will not reduce or remove the discomfort of the conversations or of taking action. It will only add to the discomfort. And the final fear. The fear of being too far behind to start now. I spoke with several parents who have said, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't had conversations with my family about race. And I really haven't taken action to help people of color. I would like to say, if you are like me and playing catch up, I encourage you to feel whatever emotion, whatever degree of those emotions that motivates you, motivates you to listen, to educate yourself, to take action. I have been feeling guilty, embarrassed, and upset with myself for it taking this long on a platform that I care so much about to address these issues. But it has been these feelings that have been a catalyst to further build an awareness, to step into accountability, and and most importantly, take some action in an attempt to be of help. If feeling guilty, embarrassed, uncertain, and upset, if these things don't motivate you to do something, I hope you don't spend too much time sitting in these emotions. I hope you feel, I hope you pull up, sit with whatever emotion is helpful and lowering your defenses enough to listen, to have the conversations, to educate yourself and and your loved ones, and to take action in supporting and making change. And I, I realized I just did. I used loose language when saying supporting and making change. I should say, I will say, be specific with the actions you will be taking and schedule these actions so that you can support and make a change. And I'll close with a quote from Dr. Joseph Wright, who's the chair of the Task Force on Addressing Bias and Discrimination of the American Academy of Pediatrics. He says, it's never too late to get started on these conversations. It's challenging to be empathic if you don't have a frame of reference. To really have compassion for folks who've been victimized, families need to have honest discussions. Just look outside. This impacts everybody, says Wright. We cannot put our kids in a bubble. And if you're not already embedding this dialogue on a regular basis, there's no better time than now to start. End of quote. So please, please don't procrastinate. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. 
If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.